You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hello. Welcome to the show. We had a redo because we froze. You missed some funny stuff. You missed some HR violations, honestly. Mooching. <laughs> Smooching. <laughs> Uh, not consensual uh, smooching. Exactly. Not allowed. Exactly. Not allowed. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Back to the riveting topic of today behind the scenes. They're in for a treat, right, Molly? You're in for a treat. And let me tell you, you're going to go, wow, this is boring. But also, I've wondered about that. Or maybe you've explored it and you're like, yeah, no. Or maybe you've been like, why is a different company on my pay stub? And been like, what does it mean? <laughs> if all of that didn't entice you enough, we're going to talk about PEOs. Woohoo! <laughs> I bet if you've never worked for a small business, you don't even know what a PEO is. Yes. I didn't learn what they were until my husband, his company is a part of one. That was the first interaction I had with them. You don't want to know what it stands for? I think I might know. Ooh, guess. Professional Employer Organization? Ding, 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 ding. Oh, I wasn't sure about the E and the O. You've got it right. Oh, it's like I'm an HR executive. Which is what a PEO likes you to believe that they are. Oh, good segue. Good segue. Okay, so aside from the acronym, can you kind of describe what a PEO is? First, we'll start there. Yeah, so basically, they're kind of marketed as like co-employer. They're the person that will do your payroll, your tax filing, benefits administration, compliance, they say HR support, risk, kind of some of those very specific parts of HR that people need to run a business that are very, very important. I know what I think they're actually good for and pretty much what the main reason. So when you say co-employer, and I always struggle to describe this a little bit, but I just yeah. like like the best way I can. To be fair, I also just typed into ChatGPT what a PEO is. <laughs> it helps explain it, it in does. words that make sense to it people does. that aren't us. And I could not explain how this actually happens as a loophole, to be honest. But there is a way that basically your company can join another company, which often is the PEO, for sake of employment and tax purposes. Just those items. So they take on some of the liability of employment from how you pay them, how you can get benefits, all of that stuff. I don't know why or how it works. I can't explain it. I just know that it does. You're not like technically an employee of the PEO's company, but you're essentially joining forces with other employers to mm -hmm. operate under the umbrella of the PEO company so yep. that that company can go out and negotiate group rates for insurance and things like that. Yes. So to go back to one thing mentioned earlier, that's why a different company name might show up on a paycheck. If you're part of a PEO, the name of the PEO is going to show up as who paid you when your direct deposit comes through. It's not going to be the name of your company. And what you just said, the benefits thing, I think is the main benefit to PEOs. And like tax stuff, especially if you have remote employees, it can be yeah. Yeah, helpful and frustrating to join yeah. a PEO because 
basically, instead of you having to go register in every state that you have employees, when you're a part of the PEO, the PEO is the one that's registered in that state from a payroll perspective. So I think most states are what's considered a PEO reporting state, meaning the PEO does all of your payroll reporting, all of the unemployment notices come to the PEO, that type of stuff. And then there's a handful that are not, which essentially means you still have to do a lot of that work on your own and just give the information to the PEO. But most of them are PEO reporting states, I believe. Yes. Yeah, I believe that's right. And from the insurance standpoint, the more employees you have, the better plan options and better rates you're going to get from an insurance company. And so when you join a PEO, theoretically, they're then pooling you together with other businesses, your side under their PEO, and they can shop for better rates and better plans. But not always the case, which we found out with the client last year who explored a PEO option. Before we go into that, the reason I even want to talk about this today is because in our experiences working with PEOs, I did want to highlight some things that they can't do that you think they're supposed to do (laughs) when you first join them. And it can be very deceiving. I've had a couple of conversations recently around PEOs. And again, it's one of those things where what you think they're going to do isn't necessarily what they're going to do. One benefit of them, too, is most of them do have an HR platform capability. I actually don't know any PEOs that don't. And so what that means is like, Basically, you can manage some of your employees' information and process Mm -hmm. payroll and do benefits enrollment all through an HR platform, which is very helpful instead of just using, you know, email and Google Sheets. And POs have been around forever. Since the 80s. Yes. But the concept of employee leasing services, which just sounds so F, just sounds so messed up, emerged in the 1960s. And they were primarily focused on providing temporary workers, which is just like a temporary staffing agency. Over time, it shifted to providing more HR services, payroll benefits and compliance management, leading to the modern PEO. Maybe we'll start with the compliance management piece. They will manage the compliance, but becoming compliant with certain services is still going to be on you as the business. Somebody within your business is going to have to be the one filling out the paperwork. For example, I know a PEO that if someone goes on leave of absence, they send paperwork to the company, but then the company has to take care of doing everything, setting it up in the system. They won't even set it up in the system and getting signatures and doing all of that. So the execution of some of those compliance things will still be on someone within the company, depending on what service you use, which is very important to note. If you think about it from their perspective, they're trying to reduce liability. They're very black and white, like when you need advice on something. And the problem with that is the majority of HR stuff is actually in the gray. What can happen is frustration when you reach out to them and they tell you you can't do something or you have to do it a certain way and it's very challenging or you don't get a lot of consultation around options. You just get you have to do it this way. I don't care that it's not great for the employee or you. This is what you have to do. And 
not everything is that way. I'll be honest. Everything you do in your business is a risk. There's no way to mitigate 100% of your chances of risk. And PEOs Mm -hmm. often try to do that. And it can lead to being a very robotic experience when challenging things come up. Yes, very much. Because the liability is also on them in a lot of these scenarios. So they're looking out for them, your business, but they're still them, then your business kind of a a situation. It can be really hard. And they might catch things late too. They're also not perfect. I actually had this experience where I was working with a PEO, one of the better ones that I actually really like working with. And there was somebody being laid off in a state. And a lot of times they'll have like how-to sections of whatever, and you can like Google what you have to do. And I noticed when I logged in to look up what the final pay requirements were in this state, it was not right because I always fact check. I do a Roosevelt trust, but verify. And so like Mm -hmm. I looked it up and then I was like, I wonder what it is. So I literally just Googled final pay requirements in XYZ state. And on the state website was something different than what they were coaching me in the PEO. And I reached out to the help person. I was like, I noticed this on the website. This is what you guys say. What am I supposed to do? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess we were wrong. Follow what the state says, the state websites. And you're like, okay. I'm paying you so much money to give me correct advice. And it's not even correct. Yeah. yeah. I think it's another situation of this thing says it can replace me needing an HR person, but you still need someone who is checking. It can do a lot of the automated stuff. Yes, it can do a lot of that, but it's still going to need someone to manage that no matter what. But Zanakura is going to go next as a benefits thing because this was really interesting and I didn't know this is something that could happen with a PEO. Because the idea is, like we said before, you know, you're going to get better plans and better rates because you're part of this bigger group that can negotiate better rates as a whole. We had a client last year that we explored PEO option and we had them pull rates. and. The PEO was unable to get better plans and better rates for this particular business. And the reason was because the business had a low enrollment rate. So the percentage of employees who were enrolled in the benefits didn't meet a certain threshold. I can't remember what the threshold was. Was it 10% or 50%? I think it was 50%. It was 50% didn't meet 50%. Therefore, they were unable to get better plans and rates. The plans and rates that came back were exactly the same, a little bit worse in one regard as what the company already had. I'd love to know in the back end why, if it's because they couldn't actually roll you into the group plans or if that's just their own policy of how they do stuff internally. I'm so curious. Which getting a 50% enrollment rate is pretty normal for being able to offer benefits in general. And if you think about it, if you have six people and if over half of them are under 26, even like that's a Mm -hmm. use case where they might still be on their parents' insurance. A lot of people who are under 26 don't actually enroll in your insurance because of that. Or, you know, if somebody's married and has coverage elsewhere, like there's a lot of reasons why somebody wouldn't enroll in your insurance. And so you do have to think about that as well, because that can affect it. I've also worked with PEOs that their software is just so outdated and so not user-friendly that not only is the administrative like UI of the person managing it terrible, but it's also terrible for the employee. 
that is something else to think about. There's a lot of modern HR systems that make things so much easier that sometimes the PEOs, they've been around for so long, their software actually sucks. So when you join a PEO, you're often having to pay a premium to join it, not just for the benefits, but also they mark up their HR advice, their compliance advice, the HR tool itself. So you're paying a lot more to be a part of the PEO and they justify it by all the additional things that they give you. And sometimes that's not all that great. Yeah, either the software's not great or the advice they give you is so black and white or they won't give you advice on certain things. I have seen that happen as well. Just something to keep in mind. Yeah. Another thing about PEOs too is you generally have to enroll at a very specific time in the year. So if you're already have other things set up or you're on a different PEO and want to switch, there's a lot of planning and timing that becomes very important when switching those things over. And it's best to do at the beginning of the year for that reason. That's usually when they switch, but also because of W-2 reporting reasons. So every PEO handles it differently. Molly handled one transition for us for one client. I did for another. And the one that I managed, actually, we were able to just transfer at any time of the year. And we ended up doing it at the beginning of the year because we just did. But you could do it at any time of the year. And the employees would then just get two W-2s. So they'd get a W-2 at the end of the year for whatever payroll they received, not through the PEO, and then a second one through the PEO. But then I also know that you had it differently where you had to like pull payroll records and import them into the PEO so that they only got one W-2. And that was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. It was really annoying for me. No one else knew how annoying it was except for me. There's just so much stuff that you don't realize sometimes happens on the back end. And honestly, I've been given this advice so many times. It's like you got to do a better job of like advocating for yourself and sharing what you're doing because otherwise people don't know how busy you are. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of one of those things. I would say, but I guess not all PEOs are bad. Like actually joining PEOs can be a very great idea. This isn't meant to like scare you from it. It's just kind of knowing what to do and know that you still probably need an HR expert to help Mm -hmm. you navigate through some of your challenging situations. I'll tell you right now, they're not going to help you with investigations. Yeah. They're not going to help you get to the bottom of things when something happens. Absolutely. All right. Well, I guess let's save any more stuff for a future episode since this one was so riveting and exciting. Listen, I'm telling you right now, it might be a niche topic. There's a niche audience for this who is wondering and curious. And how many people have done a podcast on PEOs? You know, there's probably a handful, but not as great as ours. That's for certain. And it's helpful information. Yeah, it is helpful information for sure. All right. Well, chat with you soon. Bye. Bye. And before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to share something with you. If you're a small business owner looking to build your dream team hassle-free, keep listening. Or maybe you have fellow entrepreneur friends who keep struggling with making the right hires on their team. I just wanted to take a second to remind you that my team over at People Principles offers high level, what I would say the best headhunting recruiting services in the market. We take the guesswork out of finding the perfect candidates for your team. We help you set up your hiring process 
creating interview guides and an interview flow for you. And then we go out and find the best people to fill your open jobs so that you can focus on growing your business. We understand that as a small business, every hire matters. And that's why we're here to help you make the right choices. Check out our recruiting services over at peopleprinciples.co forward slash recruiting. Let's take your team to the next level.